emotional and mental pain has a stigma. A stigma that we are trying to break. This can only be done if we all create a conversation. If we all stand up. If we all speak out. And most importantly, if we are all there for each other. Have a chat. Don't wait. I'm your host, Lachlan Island, and this is the Running From The Shadow Podcast. And welcome to the Running From The Shadow Podcast. Today, I'm with Kieran Douglas, who is in the middle of training for the Wild Earth Ultra Trail 500 <laughs> at Narang State Forest. How are you going, Kieran? Not bad yourself. Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. And how's all the training going? Uh, not too bad, actually. Um, it's been uh, been working on a lot of leg strength. Uh, I know Narang sort of <laughs> eats your muscles away after a while. So, um, yeah, just really wanted to focus on that and getting up the hills a lot quicker than I usually would. Um, you know what it's like when you're trying to go up a hill. You just want a little bit more grunt. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been uh, been going good, just trying to get some Ks on the legs and, um, yeah, just hit it. Just so everyone knows, Narang, uh, 25K loops, 1,000 metres of elevation in each loop. So definitely a lot of hills in that one. And they've got Heartbreak Hill there at about oh. 18K in, which I think breaks <laughs> the souls of uh, of many trail runners and mountain bikers. Yeah, I think um, I think the 500, I think it's going to be, um, boy, it's like climbing Everest, Mount Everest twice or something. Yeah, it's so, getting yeah. up there. We are trying to work it out this morning how <laughs> yeah. many times exactly so it's going to be punishing uh, to say the least but um, that's what I'm looking forward to I'm really looking forward it's going to be a whole new uh, challenge um, for everyone I think um, probably not Sam Weir he's, he's in that case he's, he's used to that sort of stuff but for everyone else Everyone's going to be in a, in a world of hurt mentally and, and physically, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, definitely. And I uh, I did see you did uh, with Sam and uh, a couple of other local runners, Aaron uh, Longmuir and those boys. It's a 200-miler there last year. We were just talking about it. Yeah. And uh, how was that? Was that experience doing the 200 miles? Yeah, it was hard. I mean, um, I think I got to the uh, – I think I was at the 250 mark um, and – it was about two o'clock in the morning, or I remember coming down a hill, and I uh, I was using poles at the time, and I uh, I stabbed my little toe with my pole, and I could feel this massive blister on it uh, before then, and I just remember I just remember thinking, when am I going to get back to the checkpoint? I'm pulling out, I'm about enough. Uh, I was really tired, so yeah, it was definitely a challenging. Um, the most challenging run I've faced anyway um, but yeah I got back to the checkpoint and uh, just had a little debrief myself had a burger and a beer and um, had a little bit of a rest and yeah I was ready to go again but um, but yeah it, it definitely presents a bloody challenge uh, that course is brutal yeah um, definitely the fire trails just, they got so much rock on them and you're always falling over and rolling ankles and uh, if you're like me you're like I, I feel like a um a baby giraffe sometimes. I'm always <laughs> falling over my legs. So You've got that little out and back, I think, it's at the 20K mark where you go out 1K oh, and then come back. Right. So I, that, that killed a lot of people because you'd come in and, you know, you'd be happy you'd be at the checkpoint and you have to go back out for that 5K mark. Uh, but I think they've scrapped that this year because I think it just works out perfectly. Loop-wise. Uh, loop-wise, so. So how long, like, I think Sammy Weir, it was, if I remember correctly, yeah. won it last year in 63 hours roughly? Yeah, um, 
yeah, and I was like, I think I was like 80, 80 odd hours. So there's a big difference there. He keeps giving me grief. He's, you know, he's, he uh, thinks he's going to finish a day before me. So I, uh, that's when I come to the gym and I'm always thinking about <laughs> trying to beat Sam. Uh, but yeah, it's not going to happen. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, so last year, the 320, yeah, it took me 80 hours. But yeah, this year, I don't know, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. I, I feel a lot fitter than I did um, last year uh, heading into the race. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, what is it? Four days, five days of running. Um, I'd like to finish on the fourth, fourth day. Um, so, yeah, see what happens. And I think for many people, just they'd like to finish more than that. More <laughs> yeah, than, I mean, I more just putting wanna, a time yeah. frame on that one. I just want to finish, but uh, there's a bit of, uh, you know, push and shove out there and a bit of uh, uh, healthy banter between some of the boys. And um, I know Sam will be on my case. He likes to call me a marshmallow if I'm having any soft moments. So... Um, yeah, he'll be pushing me. So I'd like to, uh, I'd like to be able to keep up with the, um, I don't know, with the top runners this year. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, I've exactly. been working hard, and um, you know, I feel good at the moment. And how important is that? That just that friendly banter on course to keeping your morale up a little bit and keeping <laughs> that that competitive spirit a tiny bit. It's good. It keeps you on your toes, uh, especially if you're having a uh, a down moment, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, every time we cross each other, um, we'd be calling each other names. And, or if I was in a in a bit of a bad headspace, uh, Sam would tell me to harden up. And <laughs> what you run so slow for? Hurry up! Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's good because uh, you know it breaks it up because you do spend a lot of time on some of those loops, uh, especially if you're walking. Um, it's pretty eerie walking in the rain state forest by yourself. So uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a pick me up. Um, and it's yeah, definitely important for something, you know, a race like that. And and just so everyone does know, they don't run the whole way. There is a lot, a, a fair bit of walking goes into most of these these races. All crawling. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not a straight run. Nah, it's definitely not something you can continuously run. Um, we tried. <laughs> it's just not possible. Might, might be possible for a, a loop or two, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely not possible over 500 kilometres, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And... Uh, I see that um, yourself, you're an ambassador with Living, a Living Org. Yep. Um, so does that, is there a bit of uh, work going into the um, race as well, working with them and? Well, uh, I guess for me in, uh, as, as a whole, like mental health has already, uh, it's always been a big part of my life. So um, just if I can, um, you know, I speak a lot about it on, you know, social media. I'm quite open with, you know, some of the stuff that I've been through. And, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, if I can, you know, make an impact with, you know, sharing a few stories, um, you know, through living and, um, you know, living and being great, you know, spreading the message, you know, uh, it's definitely been a big platform for me, um, you know, to chat about my past. And, um, but yeah, definitely, you know, like, um, I don't know, running for me, um, yeah, it, it comes down to my mental health. Um, I love running. Uh, it pulled me out of a lot of tough spots um, just going for a run, you know. Um, so, yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, definitely has a connection there. Yeah. And obviously being, uh, being a father, um, much like myself, 
how do you how do you approach that that subject of talking about mental health and and also identifying it in in kids or in your your children if there's something going on? Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely it's daunting having uh, more kids these days because of all the technology and all the you know the bullying and cyberbullying and you know I've got a daughter going to high school next year and that's something I, I really worry about, but. Um, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to identify, you know, a lot of mental health uh, problems within kids. Um, so I guess I know when that moment comes, I, I think I'll be able to handle it. Um, yeah, sorry, I lost the bloody trade of thought there. No, that's that's all good, and that and that's that's the whole point with with our podcast is it's we we like people to be as open and honest as they can be and just speak from the heart more or less and that's I think that's very important when it does come to talk about mental health that there's no right or wrong way to deal with mental health that's whatever works for for each person well it's something something I definitely talk to my kids about especially my daughter Um, you know although she's only 11 she's quite switched on um, and kids are growing up really fast these days so um, and they understand you know my reasons you know why I run Um, they know a little bit of my story you know from growing up not all of it but um, so yeah it's it's good for them to see me do these races and um, and I I don't know see the mental health um, aspect of it Um, you know see me cry a few times and um, but um, yeah I think it's important for for your kids to see a bit of vulnerability from your parents because you, you know you're always so hard on them sometimes and you want the best out of them so it breaks that barrier a little bit as well they see that yeah. that person that's always that whole you got to do this you got to do that and all of a sudden they see that emotion that you're showing and they realize that it's okay for them to show emotion to you as well 100 i think that's you know that's it, it's crucial you know so um if i go to my kids sport days and you know they do really well you know my, my daughter's given everything she's got across country you know she finishes that line crying and she's embarrassed it's like don't be embarrassed like it's you know it's okay to it's okay okay to cry you know so i think it's definitely important for for kids to see that vulnerability in parents um yeah, it was actually interesting. I went to a uh, a seminar on Tuesday night with Alistair McCaw, um, a mental mindset coach with within athletes, and he actually mentioned that in America at the moment, the number one thing that kids playing sport hate is the car ride home with their parents, and it's because of you know, they feel us trapped in the car and they can't get away from oh, their wow. parents criticizing and stuff. And, and I definitely think that's probably a, a thing as parents that we really need to work on and, and understand, oh, definitely. I mean, you you see it, uh, footy games, uh, you see parents, you know, they carry it, they can carry on, you know, quite a fair bit. And I think a lot of parents don't understand the impact they have on their kids uh, or the greater impact they have on kids sometimes. Um, you know, there's the, there are a lot of pushy parents out there that will... Um, that'll go beyond the encouragement mark. You know, you can encourage kids, but then you can really do some damage by, you know, really trying to push your kids. And um, and that just deters kids wanting to do things, you know, in the future. Yeah. Um, and the number one thing for all kids should be enjoyment at the start of the day anyway. Oh, 100%. They're not enjoying it. They're not going to keep doing it. And then it's going to act like a chore. That's so. right. And then, you know, they grow out of it eventually. They, you know, they don't want to, they don't want a bar of it, you know, because they, I guess they look at it as a as a bad thing, or they recognise it with, you know, oh, you know, I remember when my parents did this. I hate doing that now, you know. And they, it's a shame, you know. But anyway, that's uh, exactly. So, where did for you? Where did uh, where did your your running running career sort of start? Started about um, 
Well, I'd always run, um, you know, growing up, my sprints and, you know, sports carnivals and stuff. But the longer distance side of things probably kicked off just, I don't know, over five years ago. Yep. Um, I, uh, I was invited to go run with a few of the boys uh, down uh, in the ring, um, like Sammy and Ando, and went for a run one day and I was hooked. I'd never been on a trail run like that in my life. And um, I think we only did, you know, six or eight K and I, I loved it, you know. And, um, and at that time, um, I had wanted uh, or had planned to do a, a big run for um, a program called uh, Juice TV, which is at the uh, Queensland Children's Hospital. So I was already looking into um, doing some longer stuff and it just so happened, you know, Sammy was one of the best on the Gold Coast that was uh, doing some ultra marathons. and. So yeah, so learning from Sammy and um, I know he just told me to go out for a run one day and see how far you can push and, you know, keep running. That's what I did. I uh, went home one day and went for a run and um, told my daughter I'd be home in, um, I don't know, in a couple of hours. Um, it was early morning, 6.30 early morning one, one day and I left the house and, yeah, I didn't come back till about 12 hours later. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd end up running to the city from home and... Um, I was cooked. I didn't have my phone with me, didn't have any food, uh, no water, um, no shirt. I was burnt and I was chafed and, uh, yeah, I, was, I got, got to the edge of the city there and, oh, mate, I just I was in a world of hurt. And I, um, I tried to make a, a phone call to, to call Mel, but she wouldn't answer the phone because it was uh, a, number she didn't, a number she didn't know. So I ended up having just to run home and... Uh, by the time I got home, I was I had bloody blisters on my head from being sunburned and I was burnt to a crisp. Um, my wife had actually phoned uh, Phil, uh, my boxing trainer, to, to go look for me because uh, he'd seen me early that morning. I actually ran down to the gym here uh, to see Phil quickly before I jetted off. And, um, yeah, so he went out looking for me for a while. and But it, that was a run I needed to do, you know. I needed to put myself um, out of out of my comfort zone. That was the first big run I did. Um, it was only 60-odd k's, but um, before then I'd only run like 10 k's. Um, so it was important for me to do that run because um, it was then I was able to, I don't know, I was able to grow from that. Uh, and uh, I became stronger after that, you know. Um, it absolutely broke down barriers. <laughs> it, it, it really did destroy me. I, I couldn't walk for like a week after that. I just absolutely cooked myself. So, but I think it's important uh, for people to have those moments, you know. Um, you, need to, uh, you need to step out of your comfort zone, otherwise you, you don't know what you're capable of doing. Um, so yeah, that's where it started for me. And then um, I attempted to run from the Gold Coast to Sunshine Coast to raise money uh, for Juice TV. And uh, I didn't make it to where I wanted to run, but uh, I did get to uh, this, uh, Steve Irwin Croc Farm uh, from Southport. Um, again, that was, a, that was a tough run. Um, so yeah, ever since then, it just grew. I, I never wanted to run anything smaller after that. I just wanted to keep, keep going and keep going. And, and keep going as high as I could. And it's definitely one thing you learn in the ultra community and and all that, and just running in general is there's no stigma about not finishing in that. Like if you don't finish, if you're DNF, yeah, no one thinks any less of you because they understand how hard it is, and it could just not be your day. I, like I definitely, 
it was hard for me because I really wanted to make it uh, um, to Malubar, which was my destination. That was um, it was hard for me because the guys that were you know crewing for me, you know, I looked up to these guys and I wanted to do them proud and um, and I don't know I. I really just wanted to. I really just wanted to finish. I knew deep down in myself, although I made it to the Sunshine Coast, um, deep down within myself, I knew I'd, I'd failed. Um, to me, it was a, it was a complete fail. Um, but it was a learning curve at the same time because you know, if you don't fail, sometimes you don't learn, and if you don't learn, there's no progress. So, um, so it was just uh, it was just one of those things, you know. You, I learned from it. And, uh, and then I was on to the next race. Yeah, definitely. Well, so what came after that? <laughs> um, so what came after that was the Glasshouse Mountains 100 Mile. Um, I, uh, I'd never done a trail race in my life. And uh, unfortunately, a couple of days before, uh, my support crew um, had decided to go do Tough Mudder, <laughs> which was uh, threw me in a bit of a, a whirlwind. Um, because I then had to, I asked my wife to, to crew for me and, and she had no idea what, what she was doing and um, I was just grateful, you know, she put her hand up. And I remember when we started that race, uh, we came into the first checkpoint and um, she didn't have any of the, the gear that I needed and I saw it threw me in a bit of a panic. And at the stage, I'm trying to keep up with, with Ando and Sam and uh, we were just flogging out the caves. We, I really should have slowed down because I didn't know what I was in for. And um, and so, yeah, so with Mel not, not being prepared, it sort of threw me off. And then by the time I got to the 40K mark, I'd, I'd come in and um, I went to grab a piece of fruit and then I woke up in a chair. I'd, I'd passed it from dehydration. <laughs> I uh, had no water or anything. And, um, and then I woke up and then uh, yeah, sat in the chair and um, just sat down for about 20 minutes to um, yeah, take in some water. And, and then I decided, oh, you know, I'll keep going. So I kept going and then um, I was in a world of hurt, but uh, I kept going to the 86 kilometer mark. And uh, I, uh, I I just pulled out. I just, I just mentally I wasn't in it. I was worried about, you know, whether my wife was gonna get lost with the kids and uh, I was worried about them. And um, and I, my head just wasn't in it, you know, like I just, I guess I burnt myself out. And yeah, there, there was no excuse. I just, uh, at the time I had every excuse, I, you know, hurt my knee or, you know, hurt this or hurt my, hurt my leg. Or, but truthfully, I just mentally wasn't in it. And, uh, and there I was laying on the, uh, laying on the trail and just laid there. I <laughs> just <laughs> took the DNF on the chin and, um, you know, I probably wouldn't have admitted it back then. I would have had every excuse under the sun, but, um, but yeah, you know, I DNF, but that was the last time I was going to bloody let myself be in that position. Um, again, it was another learning curve. And then, um, yes, yeah, so you know, a couple of races evolved after that. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, turned into a better, oh, a stronger runner, I guess. I just, I don't know, like, uh, you know, like you were saying before, you just, you know, you don't want to give up. So that's my, sort of my mentality now. Um, but mind you, I wasn't in the best headspace back then. So, um, again, you know, just all about learning. And and you talk about headspace there, and and how important, not just from a from a sport aspect, but just a general life aspect, 
like you come you come across people every day that sort of you, you know they're not in the best headspace, but you're not 100 sure how to approach that mm. that situation. Yeah. Um, what's what's your advice in that like in that situation? If you you feel that someone is struggling, obviously it's it's hard to go and say it is hard to hey. gauge. It is hard to gauge. Uh, a lot of people find it hard to gauge if someone's you know, mentally struggling. Um, I don't know. I've, I've always been a good judge of character, um, um, which is lucky for me. You know, I've I had you know, a few friends here who have really been struggled. Um, even as of Tuesday Tuesday night, um, you just know there's something not right. And I think people feel as though they uh, they shouldn't ask or delve into somebody's business. But I think this day and age, um, with mental health being a, um, a, a focal point more so these you know these days, you just go and ask. You know, just ask them if they're okay. Um, you know, just just be there for them. You know, um, you don't have to have the uh, the right answers. Uh, you don't have to have, you know, the answers to their questions or uh, you just have to listen, you know, um, be supportive um, and, yeah, just be there for them because, you know, it could make the world a difference, you know. Even just, just listening, uh, I know that makes the world a difference. Um, as I said, you don't have to have, uh, you don't have to have all the answers or all the right advice, but we've just been there, you know. Um, that I know that's made the world a difference to a few mates. So uh, I think people feel, yeah, they just feel real awkward. They don't know what to say. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. You know? So yeah. And so well, I know myself from doing ultra events is. The thoughts that go through your head, like they're different for every person. What goes through your head when you hit those dark ruts? Yeah. Um, I know myself. I rang my grandfather and cried for forty-two minutes at the top of Big Red because I was uh, wow. over being there and wanted to go home. Wow. Um, longest kilometer of my life. <laughs> wow. But and everyone goes through different emotions. Like, yeah. what are some of the sort of things that go through your head when you are in those races in that situation? Um, my, I, I always go back to my childhood. Um, I had a tough upbringing. Um, you know, there's a lot of drugs and alcohol involved um, of, of, that I was around with, you know, my stepfather. And, um, and I knew that I could, I was able to get through that. Um, but still, you, there were times back then when, you know, I, I, I didn't think I was going to, I know, I didn't think I was going to survive, you know. Uh, it was tough growing up. Um, so it's something I definitely think about when I'm running. Sometimes I tell myself, oh, yeah, pull out now, you know, you're not going to finish this. Um, and I'll have those talks to myself. Like, it feels so vivid to have those conversations with yourself. Um, so, yeah, I'm forever telling myself, oh, you know, you're not going to do any good. Rah, rah, rah. And then I'll think about things that happened to me growing up and things that were said and... Um, there wasn't a lot of belief in me when I was growing up, so I sort of had the mentality of, you know, if, if my my own mum and you know stepfather don't believe in me, then pff, why should I believe in myself? You know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it is definitely funny some of the things that you think of when you're in that um, when you're in that place uh, when you're running, and um, but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, but that's what I look forward to. You know, I look forward to those challenges because. I know deep down I can push through and, and get it done. It's just uh, you just got to battle those demons first, and then and that's that's the other thing. You can be. Well, I saw it the other day at the, at the rail trail. You can be in the world's worst place, and then two seconds later, 
it could be a different situation. Yeah, it, ta- it doesn't take very much at all for the whole the whole race to change and how everything's working. One hundred percent. Again, like I've, I've, I've seen some of the uh, you know, happiest runners go from being that happy to you know, just DNFing or, um, or someone just about to pull out of a race, you know, catch this you know, third, fourth wind and then go on to you know, place. You know? So um, it's definitely, it's not everyone's sport running. Um, it's, it's wild, you know. Um, I think um, once you start, um, I think it's when the body starts wanting to break down or your legs start to want to go that you start doubting yourself. Um, and that's when they, I think that's when all the demons start wanting to creep in. Um, and I know it's like, it's like, it's like having a, a, like a boxing fight, you know, like before a fight. Um, the best thing about Phil um, is that he would have, he'd stand in front of you and you're like come on, man just, you, know, you try to lift your spirits deep down you're like man I want to go sit in the car I want to go home uh, just drive home um, so yeah it's, it's funny how you do get in those sort of head spaces but once you're once you're there and you're I don't know you just got to push through sometimes yeah, definitely. And we've got uh, Phil Holiday here, Kieran's uh, boxing coach. Uh, Phil, tell us the difference between Kieran, obviously then to now when you first met him. Well, obviously he's, he's doing these massive endurance races, but to be honest, he was really, um, I think he was a strong guy in the ring. So I think that just helped him carry you through this. Because you're talking about these head spaces going in and out, standing in a fight. Uh, they only do four rounds. There's going this up and down where you're on top of your opponent, you do well, and suddenly your opponent's on top of you. So it's a massive mental space where you're up and down. So you've got you to be able to draw on that strength that's inside of you to keep pushing through. I think that's, I, I personally think the, the boxing is a great uh, foundation to help you get these things where he's now going through these things. Obviously, it's a lot longer. And I think he'll go through more of these up and downs. But it's 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 a it's a great mental strength the boxing, which I think has mm. helped him get into this thing. Yeah. But I mean, he's a, he's a strong motivation guy. I mean, it, it's uh, most people have it. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's not a fair statement. Most people can have it. You just got to find it and believe in yourself. I think a big part of it is the training as well. So he does prep, prep well for the things. But no matter how much you train, we're all going to go through that. That stage where you're tired and you're sore and you maybe want to quit, but it's it's a ticket heart and the, the, the mental thing that carries you through. Because again, every body feels like they want to break down, but it's the headspace that's, that's breaking you down, not the body. Our body can do so much more. Excuse me, than what we think we can do. It's this is that's that's killing us. And I think he's always been strong. I mean, he's like if you see him sparring and he's tough and he's hard and he's really having. He hasn't done a lot of boxing right now. He'll get in and have a good go because he's got the tech, he's got the headspace. So I think it's just taking maybe a little while to really find the true potential that he has got. And I think if he found it early in the boxing, he could have been a world champion himself. Sorry, and Phil, I'm, I'm not 100 sure myself, but how many how many world titles did you end up winning? So I defend, I won the world title and I defended it six times, so I ended up holding it for two years. So for me in boxing terms, it's, it's a long time. So I was very grateful and enjoyed my career heaps, but um, I drained hard. I, I, I 
train for that, if it makes sense. And again, I, I think um, I've been pretty blessed. I, uh, I've got a, a healthy body, but also I've always been a strong guy as well from a young age. I've always been mentally, well, so the family tells me pretty tough. So yeah, I think without that, there's no way I would have been able to achieve what I've achieved. And do you find, or do you, do you, do you think personally for um, kids, teenagers, um, people that are going through mental mental struggles at the moment or any time in their life, do you think boxing is a good avenue, a good outlet for them? Obviously, we spoke to uh, Travis Coleman, a professional triathlete, in my first podcast, and he said both times the turning point for him was when he uh, ended up hitting his bully, which we don't promote at all, the violent side of things, but that outlet, he said, was the aggression for him, was what, what was his outlet? Well, you say interestingly, I don't necessarily think um, boxing is the specific thing. I think sport, sport in general, I think is a great thing. So, I mean, I would have, I don't, I, I did um, team sports, soccer, and some other stuff again. But me and stuff, I, I like the individual sport where I can rely on myself. But any sport, I mean, you build up a team spirit, and you're going to fight for the people and your teammates. So, I think sport in general is a great uh, relief for all kids. Um, if they just run it out or just burn up some energy, I think it's what they need. So, um, you know, I think sport in general is a great thing. But I mean, like I say, boxing is a real hard sport. Then you're real deep, real deep. And like for me, the, the team sports, I get real tired of pass the ball along or you your teammates. So, but then the same token, if they don't try hard and you lose your team, well, then you get frustrated because they're not working maybe as hard as you want to work. So, we get a lot of kids that come down here. Yeah. Um, because they're having trouble at school. But Phil, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, always got to make him sure that... I've got a lot of parents that bring down and say their kids being bullied at school and stuff. So, again, I, I, I tell the kids, you know, this is a great release. It's a good to have a lot of confidence in yourself. But it's not about mm-hmm. going there and bashing the, the bully that bashed you. It's being able to say, right, and I'm not going to be taking that lightly and stand up for yourself. And most times, if you just stand up for yourself, the bully walks away because he's, he's, not, he's not intimidated because you're standing up. Most of these guys, I think, don't stand up for themselves. That's why the bullies are bullying them. So, yeah, so I think boxing is a real great uh, confidence boost for, you, for anybody. And what about, um, we spoke earlier about uh, the number one reason kids didn't enjoy sports in America was the car ride home with their parents and obviously the pressure parents put on kids. Do you see that in the boxing side of things? <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> what happens all the time. I mean, um, I, I mean, as a parent, you know, you just want the best for your kid. And sometimes I think maybe parents are trying to live their sport through the child. Maybe that's the problem. But um, I, mean, I think the truth is that maybe every parent just wants the best for their child, but you want your child to be the best they can. But I do think there's a fine line of pushing your child too hard or shoving him or encouraging, but it comes out the wrong way. But I mean, if you think about it, most parents just want the best for the child. But yeah, it's definitely, uh, you say that, I didn't actually know about that report you said, but it's, yeah. Yeah. Guess, I've seen it. I've, I've seen some parents that are, that are really hard on their kids. And as as parents, we've got to just figure out that fine balance of encouraging and sort of motivating them, but sort of let them realize they are kids and it's they're not doing it for a professional career, making money out of it. So let them them find themselves find themselves and that was the other analogy that was used uh, the other day at this uh, seminar was that you wouldn't go into your um, child's classroom and start shouting at the teacher 
about the about them teaching wrong. So don't do it. Same thing. Don't do it to the coach because it's, it's still a learning environment for the kid, and they need to be able to grow themselves in that environment and find themselves. Well, I use in a very uh, important factor that what I also find actually don't go shout at the coach. Um, the coach is not necessarily teaching wrong. The kids might have to be listening to him as well, or just carrying out because, like, it's, it's the same thing in boxing. When I'm, I'm giving my fighters instructions in the corner. They're just not carrying the instructions out. It's not that they're not trying, it's just, it's difficult too. Yeah. And the same thing in this in sports, the kids, maybe they're trying, but it's just the opponents are better or just not allowing them to. So not only the coaches with the bad instructions, it's just, it's, there's no balance. And that's just, as parents and coaches, we've got to just find that, that good balance where, you know, the kids are trying hard, you're doing your best, encourage them, motivate them, just not breaking them down because that is a fine line. You can, sometimes you go with hard, you just break the spirit of the, of the child, which is what you don't want. I mean, as you always like carrying to the head, mentally, you know, she's when you're younger. That's so again, the fine line is a period, just raising your kids. It's, it's, it's not easy. Mm. Exactly. And as uh, just from uh, both yourself, Phil, and Kieran, what's, what's your advice uh, if someone is struggling um, with mental health and they don't know how to reach out? Uh, what would your advice be to someone in that situation? Um, well, it's a very difficult question, but I mean, I, I suppose, luckily, I, I'm big into sport. I really enjoy sport. And I, th- I think if a child can find a sport that he enjoys, get into the sport and, and let this sort of sport carry him through, he'll, he'll make some good teammates along the way, and you'll find maybe the, the, the coming friends with his, the teammates, he'll be able to maybe talk a little bit better. But if he's, if he's doing something that he really enjoys, it will help him overcome these these mental issues. And then like I say, it will open up the doors to talk to the coach, talk to his friends, where he feels like he's got somebody to talk to. Because I mean, like when I'm with my fighters, they fighters, but it's more than just my fighters anymore. They become my good friends. They become some of the young kids that also like they're my kids. So it's, it's a very close bond that you build with these guys. And I suppose that's the same thing with any sport, these kids. They can get a sport where they really enjoy. They'll get a close bond with the coach, with their teammates, and then maybe it'll help open up doors because that's the hardest part, right? Just finding somebody to talk to that you just can get it out. Yeah, definitely. And what about yourself, Kieran? What's your views on that one? <clears throat> oh, I, like, I agree. Um, kids are difficult because they're so shy and um, and they don't know who to talk to and sometimes they don't want to talk to their parents. Um, you know, uh, I know, if, I know. for example, if Phil's, uh, he's my little boy's godfather. Uh, I, know, I know Phoenix would rather talk to Phil than he'd rather talk to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, um, just reassuring kids um, you know that it's okay to you know uh, to talk to people. You know, like um, I need you need to provide that environment where they feel safe. They can actually talk. Um, I had an example um, when I was growing up when I did see a psychiatrist, and the uh, I had I had a one on one with a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist actually told my mum everything I had told her. So there was a bit of trust broken um, and that led to a, a rather difficult um, a rather difficult time um, so I think if you can create an environment um, and like Phil said like everyone becomes friendly in the gym and everyone becomes friends so if you can create that environment where kids feel safe they can go talk to somebody um, I think uh, I think you're on a winning you know winning target there so being able to help kids um, and we, we touched on it earlier, Kieran, um, as well, in regards to 
if you see someone that you feel may be struggling in approaching that situation, um, the best avenue avenues for that or helping them to, to find find help or an out of themselves. Yeah, I suppose again, it's, a, it's another fine line because mm-hmm. I mean, kids that are struggling, maybe I suppose if they had the confidence, they would have spoken to someone. So you gotta you gotta tread really carefully how you approach them. But like I said, the big thing for me is I'm just using my my my, my sport and my career, my my football, my my coaches, amateur. We became real good friends, and I felt like he was a guy I could really talk to. And that's what I tried coming out with these kids that I really wanted to know that they, they had a safe place and they can trust me but those things build up time and you build the trust so you know you talk to them and have a bit of fun with them and yeah so, so hopefully and you, you, if you can just help one child you've done a job haven't you you've done something but um, hopefully you can help more than one kid and like I said I have a lot of kids that come here the parents and they're struggling they get bullied to school and stuff mm. and um, you know I just like they try just build up the confidence that you know that they are important in life and they are seen as worthy kids whatever they do you don't have to be the best sport person or the highest grades be important in the part of your life there are a lot of people that do come down to the boxing gym because they're dealing with something you know whether it's work related or family related or um and uh and I saw it Tuesday night for the first time um which we can chat about later but um yeah, so there are a lot of a lot of people that do come down to the boxing gym with a lot of um, issues, but um, but it's a good it's a good environment, you know. Um, and you just gotta you just gotta put yourself out there and just 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 ask them if they're okay, and um, you know, give them a little fist bump, you know, give them a you know pat on the back, and just say, hey, you know, is everything all right? And um, and you know, you soon find out that you know, um, you know they might want to open up to you. If they don't, don't push them. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, and just so everyone does know that uh, that boxing gym is No Deal Boxing on Sturgeon Street down at Ormiston uh, at the baseball fields is uh, where you'll find that boxing gym. Um, it's been great catching up with you, uh, Kieran and Phil. Um, Same. I look forward to obviously watching you race in a couple of months. I'll, I'm sure I'll be down there, hopefully <laughs> hopefully running and not on crutches, but uh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. All good. Thanks, guys. Thank you.